Hey everyone, welcome to What's the Why podcast with Tiago, Nick and Max. Join us on a perpetual pursuit of knowledge where we chat about the why behind all intriguing things happening on this rock called Earth. Hey everyone, welcome back to What's the Why podcast and this week we're going to talk about organ transplant and it was Nick's idea, so take it away Nick. Hey guys, um... Well, not necessarily my idea, but uh, I took a keen interest to it. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Today we wanted to talk about um, organ transplants and everything that goes around it with uh, one particular, um, I would say, question. Should we incentivize uh, organ donations better? Um, the question behind that is that as we were chatting last week about the topic, we realized that, you know, we have uh, every country, but it's a worldwide problem that a lot of people are on, you know, life, life changing transplant lists or even life threatening transplant waiting lists. And there are not enough donors um, to supply all the organs needed uh, for all the people waiting for one. So the question was, why is that? first of all. And the second question is, what could we do? Or are there any examples in the world um, that could uh, that could prove that we could, yeah, increase that likelihood of you getting an, an organ should you need one? Um, so like looking at a few examples of any regulatory environments or certain countries, uh, or even, you know, um, exploring some crazy ideas. And as uh, I know that all three of us like a good ethical debate once in a while, um, we should we should have a cool discussion about it, I think. So, Chago, I know that you've done a bit of research on this. Have you seen um, any different types of um, environments, countries, or different formats in which organ transplants are being done or organized to, in in order to incentivize organ donors. Yeah, have, just a question for both of you. Have you do you know of any country that is legal that has a legal market of organ trade? You want Iran. Boom. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, well done, I, Max. I, you did your homework, Max. I just saw that. <laughs> for what? For a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I deserve a drink. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Iran has a legal market for trans for organ transplant. They developed or created this market in 1988, obviously because of the lack of organs available in the market. Uh, they pay. Do you know how much they pay for a kidney? You know, in Iran. I I don't know. I I just heard it was really expensive, and apparently the third party fee was like two to five times the amount of the cost of the organ. Something messed up like that. I, no, it's okay. actually two to four thousand dollars. That a kidney goes in in, in Iran. Iran, Iran. I'm always saying this name wrong. It's it's. I would say Iran. I guess with our Iran, Iran, yeah, more Iran. English accent. Yeah. Anyways, oh, I gotta say, not as expensive as I thought because I had read something about hundreds of thousands. But I, I, yeah, but you're probably talking about black market, right? Exactly. the The value of the kidney in the black market goes goes for one hundred and sixty thousand. Thousand. Wait, Chago. In Iran, how are they regulating that? So. Um, 
are they are they incentivizing people when they're alive or are they just assuming that people are donors when they die and they just transplant no the donors get uh, tax credit compensation from the government free health care insurance uh, direct payment from the recipient but the average that the donor gets paid is a thousand two hundred dollars so it's really really a bad system that our Iran Iran has where most of the people that donate their organs are poor people at the mm -hmm. end then they always end up most of them end up in really bad health conditions because of that donation so it's, okay, but it, are they selling their organs to the government and then you you get your transplant in a public hospital so it's only organ like government run yeah it's government run it's government run okay yeah exactly that yeah yeah hmm. oh wow And is that the only country in the world where it's legal? It's the only country in the world that it's legal. Um, Australia and Singapore, they created a system where you can donate organs. Let me just find that on my notes. Ah, they recently legalized monetary compensation for, li for living organ donors. Uh, but the costs associated with donating the organs, for example, they, they receive nine weeks of paid leave in Australia. That's the only thing that they receive. They don't receive actually actually like a, a payment for the for the organ. They just receive mm. some um, compensation in terms of tax relief oh. or or weeks leave that you don't really get paid for it. Yeah. Okay, so it's like it's to facilitate the charitable action more than it is. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. exactly. that, that... But it that, doesn't... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. That, re that go removes ahead. a lot of like the ethical concerns that we would have flagged, right? About the moment that it's for money... Um, you were kind of pointing to it already where it's sometimes the poor people that that are that ends up being the people who donate and they can be um, taken advantage of although i guess the ultimate question is are you taken advantage of if you know that that's the price for the organ you know like you're still voluntarily saying i will take whatever one thousand two thousand dollars um yeah but but i think you should also make the difference between um living donors and donation oh, good, upon death good point. yeah right yeah. because yeah uh, there are certain organs that you can give while you're alive where you can still live with it, it would actually be interesting to so which ones are they <laughs> if you're alive what are, what are the organs that you can give actually research into this um so uh, skin graft is a common example um or you can see like in terms of immune system so bone marrow for instance is a common one yeah um you have a kidney you can live without one kidney yeah. so um, one kidney if it, one lung one kidney uh lung definitely uh and i think well as i said skin part of your liver and a portion of your liver yeah that's correct pancreas uh, even the pancreas and and in some cases even a portion of your brain Weirdly enough. Really? Yeah. 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 With limited side effects or no side effects? What's the... I have to say, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I researched a list of all the organs that you could you, actually give you, while you were alive. You had a week to get a medical degree. You didn't get it? I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I'll let you down Dis again. <laughs> disgusted, really. You can also donate your corneas, oh, your eyes, yeah. and your mm. intestine. Yeah. Oh yeah, intestine. In okay, intestine. Thank you for no, 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 no. I wasn't correcting yeah. you. No, no. <laughs> Max is always very. But, no, but can you, you say know, can you say intestine? Am I saying this correctly? I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, no, I, I mean intestine. everyone understands it, but only Max will make a comment about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was repeating what you said to ab to absorb what you said and reflect upon it. Yeah, you yeah. Dick and bully. <laughs> God. 
Yeah, and so and we should we should also like make that difference with you know um, donation upon death, um, where you end up in an accident or you 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 die from a natural death and uh, your corpse is laying there and there are potentially a bunch of do- organs that could be helpful to someone else, right? Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, selling your organs is a good way, I guess, to to make some extra cash <laughs> as you're alive. Uh, but most donations and most organs donated are donated after someone uh, after someone dies. Mm, of course. And so the question here is: it's is it hard to then incentivize a um, a dead person? I guess so. Or would then you know like the next of kin deserve some sort of compensation for that donation? That's that might be a question. Um, but the problem that may, most countries are facing nowadays is that they don't have enough registered or and by register i mean consenting donors um available yeah um, and so, so there are two types of ways for a country or two systems for con- for countries to to incentivize people to donate either with an opt-in system where that you have to register as a donor and then whenever you die you you have given your consent by registering or an opt-out country that you have to register to to not donate your organs whenever you die. And there's a major difference between these two. So, for example, Spain, Portugal, France are the biggest donators in the world and in, in, in America, but Portugal, Spain, and France, they have this opt-out system where that if I didn't, I didn't register for it, so whenever I die, my organs will be donated whenever I die. But in America, you have this opt-in system that if you want to be a donor, you will have to register uh, you have to register. And the problem with this is that most people will say that, yes, I am in favor of donating my organs whenever I die, but they they never really do it. They never really register. They never really do that admin work. So whenever they die, they depend on family to give that consent. And what happens is many times, or 25% of the times, family reject donating organs. Did you by any chance read the reasoning behind that? Uh, there's mistrust. So... There's mistrust on the family that because they don't ask you when you die, they'd ask you when just before. Well, like they, the doctors know that you're going to die, that the condition is really bad. So they ask the family, will you be willing to donate the organs? And and family will say no because they think that the treatment that the doctors will give to the patient will be mm. one that will not be to preserve the life, their life. So they think that would have an impact. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 was a common ethical dilemma for a lot of people saying the moment you put money in there is always going to be whatever x percent of people that might just get the wrong type of incentivization or wrong type of yeah. incentive um cuz it's always got to, the, yeah. sorry cuz it's also got to do with like who's next to kin right like um is it your immediate family member versus for example Let's say it's a it's a family where you know um, you don't have uh, you don't have a wife and children or whatever, or it's not your parents calling the shot. And argument's sake, let's say it's a cousin or whatever that that's next in line to to kind of make the decision for you. Some people would then go, well, why if you compensate the family, why would you go compensate an indirect family member? You know, and and so some people consider that a little bit too far away and that but you, but you don't get compensated in Portugal, or Spain, or even oh, in America. For sorry, it. yeah, get, yeah don't get any compensation for it it's it's just out of kindness and altruism for you to donate the 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 functioning organs to someone that desperately needs it so in america alone 21 
people die each day because they don't have because uh, they don't have organs. They're waiting for an organ and die. So that's alone in America. Imagine the rest of the world. It's insane. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's it's always the the very um, scientific reasoning behind it. If you're dead, you're dead. You will never need that heart anymore, right? You will never need that brain. You will never need that liver. Or so, what's the what's holding people back from, or what's what's justifying people's decision? Say, no, you should leave it in that body to rot or to burn. Um, and I guess that goes against. Um, May that be religious beliefs, personal beliefs, popular beliefs. But what I what I fail to understand, uh, and, and you guys might shed some light here, is why didn't more governments make it as an opt-out system? Because if I look at the amount of consenting donors in, say, Austria, Belgium, or Spain, we are above 95% of the population oh, wow. that are potential donors mm. versus 12% in, in Germany. And countries that have that opt-out uh, system save many more lives per capita than any other country. So my my question is like, what what stands in the way of a government or more governments nowadays to say, hey, why aren't we just adopting an opt-out system? Because I'd rather go, I'd rather have people, and, and as you said, Thiago, I think most people are willing to donate. They just don't want to go through the hassle of having to register, having to give their consent. Uh, and also because you, I guess when you're alive, it's not necessarily a question everyone wants to ask themselves. Like, I'm healthy, I'm alive, what would I think about that already? Um, and, and again, uh, in a very stressful situation, if you see that your brother is dying or a member of your family or your kid, um, these are not necessarily questions you want to sign off to, I guess. Um, so yeah, what's what's holding governments off? Why why haven't all governments say, hey, let's adopt an opt-out situation? I, I think the psychology behind is that you you should be in charge in your in your life in your body. So if you want to donate your organs, you have to consent. You have to give, you have to register and donate them. And if you didn't register by default, you are not consenting to donate. I think that's the I think that's where these governments are taking this stance on. But haven't like some also industry players said, well, <clears throat> they raised the concern, valid or not is a different thing, of um, would it impact care from the doctor? You know, so what families are worried about, at the end of the day, policymakers and people voting on it, might they're not all doctors. So they might be concerned like, okay, if everyone's automatically a don donor, would that impact every doctor's, um, I want to use the word urgency, um, or dedication in a very bad way um you know to saving someone um but what's stopping what's stopping doctors from already making that decision now because that incentive for the medical team and the medical world already exists i, I agree you, with you i agree with you um i'm just saying that that i read that as like something that's been brought up um but i what if i were to take the the side of that opinion it's it's different it's they, they're incentivized to save now because if the guy's not a donor then you know whatever they you know they just gonna save the guy that that's that's your call of service for a doctor but if you knew that even if this person died it could benefit your other um your other uh, patients and let's say he had a very severe accident you know, in those very severe cases, then what if they get weight, you know, it, it gets weighted, like, I can try save this, but it could damage whatever organs. And, uh, you know, if we didn't, and, you know, we kind of let this guy die peacefully, if, you know, I'm, I'm creating a really shitty example here. 
you know, but would there be that? No, but case? it's right. I get what you're saying. So the, the fear is with all the all the patients. So they they don't have much longer to live, and but the, some of the organs are still functioning. So they think, okay, but he's his life is practically at the end. So maybe those organs will be better suited in someone else younger that needs them desperately. So I think where you, you're coming from, but I don't think that happens with Spain, Portugal, or France. I don't think that's a concern that exists. Yeah. Uh, with well, it would actually like from a, a pure data um, data standpoint, it's easy to to compare, right? Um, do those countries have more deaths in hospitals than people with an opted system? Oh no! Well, yes, you could prove it, but I don't know unless you guys actually looked into that specifically. <clears throat> If that person dies and he has X many organs to donate, he could save X amount of lives. So then statistically speaking, it would always outweigh it, right? So like the, the ratio would always throw off whatever number you're looking at. Like you would have to look at the severity of each accident and of like each person that goes in, how many, did, how many die? Um, but if you're just saying how many people die in general, because you're transplanting, you're saving so many more lives anyways. And yeah. you don't want someone chasing that number. But but look, I mean, at the end of the day, healthcare comes with a, a huge level of, of confidence and of trust anyways. You have to trust your doctor, right? Because at the end of the day, how many people actually know what the doctor is saying to them? Other than, okay, they did a really good job in explaining it. But when it comes to the nitty gritty things, you are still trusting a doctor when you go into surgery. You're still trusting a doctor when, you know, you try out certain treatments. So this is just part of it. And um, yeah, I guess if you're the one being asked to put your word down and you know, put your vote down. Um, this has been voiced as a concern, and it 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 became a blocker, from what I understand. Which is sad, because yeah. yeah. But if you make it some some a sort of because once you you create an opt out system, then the burden of getting off that list uh, or off that consent then um, becomes yours, right? If you don't want to donate, you need to go through the hassle to make sure that you that you're not consenting. Um, but then wouldn't wouldn't that be making organ or uh, yeah organ donations mandatory and wouldn't that be a good thing the, the, yeah. the opt-out is mandatory it's making mandatory. No, it's not mandatory but it's making yeah making things mandatory is always always dangerous you know but, but yeah, the sure. opt-out is kind of almost making it mandatory so if you if you do not register then obviously your donor your family has no say on that but I, I, th I think definitely countries should should strive for that. Only 17 countries are opt-out, 18 are opt-in, and I wonder where all of the other 170 or 180 countries are doing. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really struggled when I put my mind to this question, and uh, I struggled to find a concrete reason why it shouldn't be an opt-out system, like Nick said, um, or why or how... Um, automatic kind of donor systems are bad for people in general. Um, I, other than these kind of gray zones of ethical problems where it comes down more to like trust and like um, preventing abuse, it seemed to me in the articles that I read, they were largely for it. They said, yeah, organs go to waste. A lot of people in dire need of it. Because um, also a lot yeah. of times... Just talk about like transplants. Not every transplant it works, you know, long term. So you, you, you could, you could, you know, survive for like another two, four years, but you might need another transplant. And so that's like one of the grim realities of transplants when you read into it. You know, 
it, they're not permanent. It's not everybody that gets one lives the rest of their lives perfectly fine. That's uh, yeah. I guess it's one of those things that it doesn't have the limelight of other topics, so that that's why no one is making any changes on it. So I didn't. I have no clue about this. That we that Portugal was an opt out and America was an opt in and Germany was an opt in and I'm sure that most people don't don't have a clue about that. If we knew, if it was on the media, maybe we could force it to change and, and become an opt out. Because as I said in the beginning of the of of the episode, uh, most people in Germany want to donate their organs, but they they simply just don't know about it. They simply have no clue that they have to register to become a donor, or they or they just don't go through the admin work. One of the reasons why people do not do the admin work, I, I, I read into the psychology of it, is that people are afraid of uh, dealing with matters about death because they think it brings them closer to death. Yeah. It's one of the psychological reasons about it. Yeah. It's like saving as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a rough or, one. Or, or working on a will. Yeah. I'm never going to die. No one is getting shit from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. But it's it's just weird to think that as technology is getting more and more advanced uh, for both you know, li living donors or death uh, dead donors. I mean, the technology is so advanced now. You, I mean, we're maximizing the likelihood of success. Um, it, it's funny that that scientific proof hasn't convinced more people, or that it's it's not. Um, that it's not, I don't know, more of a topic or a conversation. It, it was in America, actually, because of what you just said, that that the the surgery, so the survival rate of surgeries are so high, of transplants are so high, that they were even considering having a legal market for organ trade in America. And, and this, this, Harvard, this Harvard teacher, economist, Jeffrey Maron, he was arguing that a regulated legal market would actually lower the cost per organ because of the donation pool will be expanded. So that, that, that would be crazy. I don't know. That, that, that is where the ethical, come, the ethical concerns come into place, having a legal market. So the opt-in and opt-out sounds logical, but having a legal market where people can go and just sell the organs, that, that is where I see concerns about that. Okay, but even the cost-benefit for, for the health system is way better because um, a kidney transplant is way cheaper than having someone on hemodialysis mm. for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So even even legalizing human uh, human organ trade would would be helpful for your health system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is one of the yeah, arguments uh, in favor. And I mean, it's weird that right now the only person not getting compensated in that operating room is the donor, actually. Because you mean like the doctors and nurses are getting, you know, that's, <laughs> they're being paid. That's a good point. And the yeah, and I mean the person receiving the organ, well, receives the organ, but the donor doesn't get anything. Yeah, true. <clears throat> in Iran, if you think if you think of that, a thousand two hundred dollars is nothing, dude. Why? Why would you? Why would you be giving one of your really healthy kidneys just for a thousand two hundred dollars? You have to be really, really desperate for that, and that's one of the one of the problems in the the black market that you that we've that that we've seen in Syria and Libya in the, in the in the more recent years, that people desperate for for money started selling the organs in in those markets. So to get to get just around a thousand to to three thousand dollars. Well, I mean, just just to touch on that reminds me of this um, 
donation chain they called it i think it's in the states it's called like chain 124 where um they get like a network of donors together and because one of the pain points is that um you always think it's the family members that will donate to family members but it's actually not always a match um they get all these willing donors together and then they kind of piece it together. They chain it up. So you donate to someone else in the network. They donate to someone else. And eventually they find someone who can then link to like your family member, um, you know, cool. with compatible uh, gen- uh, bl- uh, blood types and all that other stuff. And um, yeah, th- th- there was this one chain that I think it ended up being, um, it was in the tens, like more than 10 people kind of donated in a row. Yeah, but in America, the the insurances will pay for that, right? And and the people are paying for the insurance for the insurance companies. Yeah, if you know, the, but yeah. that was also one of the big ar- <clears throat> sorry arguments against uh, is that only rich people or rich countries will be able to afford uh, purchasing uh, organs. Um, and as you said, it's so heavy on resources. Only a, a certain a certain amount of countries can actually like, have the technology, have the have the logistics from a medical point of view, like the hospitals, the specialists, um, the tools needed uh, and required to have a successful transplant. So, if you actually allow that, um, yeah, free market of donors, what we're going to create is like a two speed uh, medical system where some countries just won't or some people won't be able to afford it and if you're poor you die basically uh and then only the rich will be able to afford it i mean it's it's not leveling up chances to get a successful transplant unless as you say you have a universal care system that will pay regardless yeah in 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 europe you have a universal care system that pays for it so my father didn't pay for his kidney but you know i gotta say something there you know if your system is inherently like is already bad and the current state is such i mean a lot of health systems are right insurance isn't all all encompassing it's hard to deny the fact that yeah um the poor are already in a lot of places um suffering from lower access to to healthcare or maybe let's call it decent healthcare. So saying that, oh, by rolling this out, only the wealthy will get it, you know, there's also the kind of arguments like, well, it's kind of like that already. And so uh, how, how, do you, how do you phrase this correctly? Like maybe instead of just saying the rich, like you're talking about like the middle class up to the rich, let's say, you know, anybody that can afford healthcare in general, but you're always going to have a part of the population that can't afford it. So just because there is a part of it that can't and already cannot now, why would you stop advancement? But um, wait, are, are you are you speaking about inter-country selling organs? So someone from Kenya wants to sell their kidney to get some money, and they go to Europe and sell the kidney in Europe. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I, let's. Is that really that bad? I, I, yeah. Or I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would regulate it, but I'd imagine that transporting an organ is probably more difficult than someone flying to that country to get it. I, but it's yeah. still the same problem. Only rich people from said countries will be able to fly in and get the medical yeah, procedures I, I, they need. I, I, th- I, think, I think that's bad because that's, that's the argument against. You, will per- against. you will perpetuate that the poor people get affected by it. But if you, that guy's you, willing to sell it, why do you care? Yes, but uh, thinking in the long run, his life will be 
his his health and his life can be diminished because of that, because of that action, because of that desperation mm. action. Yeah, but that's the thing. And, it, it, and we would be taking advantage of it. Well, yeah. Some people say taking advantage, but if that guy needs, let's okay, look, let's not say it's a thousand dollars. Okay, let's make it a little bit more than that. I'm just saying, you know, you put in certain financial means measures in place, so it's not worth one thousand five hundred dollars for your damn kidney. The guy's willing. Let's say it's worth fifty thousand dollars. Then, right? You say, okay, it's only for the rich because only the rich can afford it, anyways. The guy's willing, whether he's from a developing nation or not. Why, why, why shouldn't he be able to get the money? And let's just take it away. Let's not talk about organ transplants. Any kind of expensive surgery now, right? Um, I, I don't know any, any kind of regenerative regenerative uh, procedures, you know, that use stem cell re, uh, stem cell research, etc. Yeah, you you have to be pretty wealthy, anyways. You have to fly to a country that actually does it, Germany or the states, and then you do the procedure there, pay for it all out of pocket. If you're not a local national, because you're not covered by the public insurance, uh, public health system. I'm sorry, you know, there is a there is an argument somewhere in between there where well, it's the current state. Um, if all parties are willing, as long as it's regulated and not being coerced, shouldn't be shouldn't you be able to do with your body what you want? <laughs> that, that is true, but I, but I think you should be able to do with, with your body what you want. Well, I think in most cases, but I think I think at the end, it will it, rich countries will take advantage of poor people. In a way, or the system will take advantage of that because the system will just incentivize people to come more and more. And, and I don't know, man, it's, it, it just doesn't feel right to do that. Okay, there we go. I wanted you to say that it just doesn't feel right. And I know that you, you know that doesn't encompass everything you've obviously read into it, and that's not what you would have said, you know, if you had more time to deliberate on this. But that was the the blocker. It just doesn't feel right. But feeling right versus being right is not the same thing right yeah it's it's like someone has to sell the kidney to be able to survive and then by selling the kidney they they're limiting or diminishing the prob probability of living a healthy life by a very high percentage so i don't know i don't it's it it, it simply doesn't feel feel good uh no. nick you wanted to say okay, something so go ahead and then I'll yeah be, no, okay do you want to add because i'm going to Changes the topic okay, a bit. I'll add. If that guy needs that cash, let's say fifty thousand dollars for guy has family members that are indebted. Um, let's say that oh, I'm going to throw an emotional example. Let's say that thing is worth a hundred thousand dollars. That is life changing money in some places. That hundred thousand dollars can pay for the family's living expenses if you know if it gets that bad or it could put their kids into school whatever now i know th there is that more gray area but if he's willing and it's that money and he needs it now he's not gonna get that money anywhere else so it's barring him from getting it i mean what are you are, are you gonna put in another system that allows it allows for him to access that the guy stop the guy we say the guy but the, whatever person is facing that versus a life of poverty like severe 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 poverty you know, not you, Tiago, but as in you uh, figuratively can take your bad feelings and go fuck yourself, you know, in, 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 in the eyes of, you know. Yeah, but what stops, about. okay, so that's one example, but what stops the, the morons that want to sell the organs to buy an iPad or an iPhone? There's, there's some examples. 
that happened like that of guys in of a kid in China he was 17 years old in 2011 that he sold his kidney to buy iPad 4 no iPhone 4 and uh, an iPad yeah but you yeah, oh, can you stop that it's, it's different you need to put in regulatory constraints like you do with anything you know well first of all that guy's 6 17 so maybe then you say oh you have to be 21 or above or whatever you know like you you have to put in things to obviously make it a constructed and regulated environment but just saying no based on the fear of things going wrong or the the feeling of something being bad is, is an invalid argument i think and i get you know so i'm gonna stop saying i know it's not necessarily your personal opinion but yeah, I, I, a lot of these arguments end up being like, ah, but what if? What if? <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm not against I'm not against a, a legal market, but within your own country, or within the European Union, or within a, a European Union in America, and America, I don't know. But what one that will buy that allows people from poor countries to sell their organs to rich countries? It's, it's something that it's something it's something complicated to to just accept. So how? How about the people in those poor countries that also need organs, and and they and the ah. organ providers are donating their organs, mm. health organs, to the rich countries and not to the people within those poor countries that need those organs? I agree with you there. Yeah, and 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 yes, to add to the other point, it's like um, you if you have the right regulations in place, you can prevent a bit of abuse. But at the end of the day. Um, if you're talking about less developed countries and you think it's voluntary, but that can actually be coerced in their country, that's where human trafficking can come into play. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. What if that dilemma is no longer a dilemma? So what if we can replace the need for donation with growing or, you know, oh. printing or bionic limbs and stuff oh nick now you're talking my language <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm because one of the big one of the one of the big um questions there are now or at least uh, technological advancements is that yes we still we still get some stem cells for instance from a donor but then the the things they've been able to grow and the way they've been able to grow or print or just create uh, limbs or different organs or organ parts is insane. So what if in not so distant future, um, we won't need a donor, we can just grow a kidney? Well, yeah, I, I think the technology is, uh, I think it's going to be released, actually, a bionic kidney. Some companies say that they will release by the end of 2021, a bionic kidney, a functional bionic kidney that will allow people to live just with that. They've so grown that, kidneys before from people's own tissue, though. Like, they've grown it. They didn't print it, yeah. Did they? Oof. I think one, like, really? a couple have been grown and implanted, and they're, like, currently working. That's what I... But but, but if it's a bio material, so if it's if it's bio, it, it, there's always a problem that you have to to take immuno, immunosuppressants because your body can reject it. So that's, that's the, one of the bigger major problems with that so that's why bionic kidneys will fix that so it's simply a machine that will then just filtrate that blood it's kind of doing hemodialysis but full-time no but if they use your own um oh god we're not doctors here this is okay <laughs> this is what we need a doctor on the, on the call but um no from what i understand about bioprinting is that they will take your own cells and then replicate that and and, and print your uh, tissue from that and that that alleviates a lot of the concerns about uh, compatibility. Is that what oh, you're sure. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was. The, yeah, I so that was one of the problems with that. 
Well, so what I read into was that there is something called slate uh, procedure. Um, and so they, <laughs> this is like the coolest technologies, okay? Different ways you can print different things. Um, slate is where they use light and a light sensitive liquid. And then they 3D print whatever organic material. So that, that liquid has got like uh, organic parts in it material in it and then they use light and if uh, and the material responds to if you shine the right type of light right color of light on it and it turns it from a liquid into a solid and i was like what and then the other one is called a fresh uh, procedure where they use alginate which is from seaweed and i don't know about you but the recently because we've been doing a lot of research on like technology like space and everything how many things are made out of seaweed Seaweed seems to be like the fix-all of the future, no? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we need to save it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, one of the things I said, it's so abundant. I'm like, oh, it's abundant for now, maybe. I don't know. It's algae, I guess. And it's the biggest oxygen provider. It's seaweed. Everyone yeah. thinks it's forests and trees, yeah. but no, it's seaweed. Yeah. But anyway, so, so just to go back to it. So they, they print it, but they said that, um, you know, printing things like kidneys is inherent, uh, is, is a lot easier than printing much denser material, uh, much denser organs like lungs, heart, and liver. Um, because these things are so, uh, well, I, sorry, sorry. Kidney is actually quite hard to print. Some other things like skin and items like that are a little bit easier because they're thinner and flatter. But anything with like internal organs, um, are much harder because they have a lot more blood vessels inside and much more intricate in terms of like organ, um, in terms of oxygenation and how oxygen and blood is transported through the organ. And so they're getting close, but they said that uh, ultimately for you know like a large scale usable um, product, it were de- potentially still decades away, depending on who you, who you talk to. So yeah. I think we're still stuck with uh, transplants for a while. Um, yeah, but I mean, they've had very successful examples where people were growing their own organs externally from their body. Yeah. Um, when they would just, you know, take a bit of your DNA and then grow an ear on, yeah. I don't know. They take like fat cells. Mouse back, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then transplant that back onto you. I mean, it's, and I mean, there's no problem in matching because it's your own DNA. It's your own genetic material. It's, it's fantastic. I think, I think, it, I think we are, we are, going more likely to use bionic organs than uh, those organs that you can that they create by by your own cells or, or anything but i think using bionic organs like machines will it's much easier to then to drip, replace if you need to replace it's more cost effective and then in 50 to 100 years time i think a lot of us will be kind of Half machines, half humans, in a way. Like we, we will. Do you have bionic ears already available? You have already bionic eyes available. You already have bionic hearts. Kidneys will be released soon. You have bionic livers available. You have bionic lungs being released soon as well. Dude, at at one point we're gonna have all these kind of machines within us, and it's. I think it's much. It will prolong our life much longer than if we use uh, our own cells to create our uh, our own organs, because it's much cost effective. And if you and if something goes wrong, you just replace it to, for for another system, and you keep on developing on it, and but, you just live longer and longer. But how how are you so okay with bionic um, organs if you're afraid of organ donors? You know, even if they're willing, because 
uh, I cannot help but think of the movie Repo Men, where they started loaning out or you buy your organ and then you have like a payment uh, schedule. So let's say you go and you do it and then um, you rent this lung or you, or you buy this lung and then you can't keep up with the payments. Um, you know, in Repo Men, they take it back. So I'm just saying, like, the problem of then the cost of Are you the just describing, the like, the Tesla model of monetization, but for... <laughs> no, I'm not comparing organs. organs to cars, but in the movie, they kind of did. <laughs> but, you know, the point is that it, it will cost money. So then how is that dude, any yeah, different like, to just, you know, dude. the rich will get it and the poor won't get it? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's inherent anyway. So it's the same thing. But, but it, yeah, but the more it's out there, the cost of these will decrease. And then most countries will be able to, to, to supply this. Dude, Elon, have you seen what Elon Musk created? He created this bio, this link. Yeah, this brain link between. Thank you, man. <laughs> it sounded Thank so you. sour. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. Thank you. He created this link between the brain and cell phones or whatever technology you want. Yeah, Neuralink. Dude, I can't wait to have that. That that That's insane. It's incredible. That will fix so many problems. They're, they're first going to provide that to people that have neurological problems, but then they will make it available for, for more people. And that will enhance your, your brain capacity infinite fold. But what if you get hacked? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were just talking about all the potential problems that could happen, right? What if you get like ad, what if you got a bad ad blocker and then you go and you watch porn and then, you know, you just get like those uh, spam. Ads <laughs> like you walking around, you'd be walking, brain. yeah, you'd be like walking around the den and just be like hot girls around your area. Like really? Dude, yeah, sure, you, you're just going to have a switch next to your brain and your wife or your friend has to reset you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like watching TV and you're just like swiping in front of you trying to get to the ass. Like, Fucking come on. <laughs> Dude, but, but how is it going to change the way we live? Like the population control. So if we have bionic organs and if you have that was my next a, a neural link, that's going to that's going to change population control. You can't keep on procreating the same way that we are now because we're going to live hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm. But yeah, this yeah. also going to your point, Max. This is in the last episode, in space exploration, having bionic organs will allow us to go onto space and to and to be exposed. To the, to the atmosphere of those those planets. Mm, in theory, yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you can breathe the air, then I guess you just have to tackle the whole idea of, uh, yeah, just protect your skin and the the pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, okay, let's go back to organs. Um, you can print a lot of them. Like they they they're getting really good at it. I, um, the first time they printed a biological heart was like only back in 2019, and it was in Israel. And they printed a tiny one. It was like big enough for a rabbit. Um, but then I think last year, 2020, they printed a human-sized one and it was able to pump for like 30 minutes, I believe. And But but at a much lower capacity than than, than what, um, what, what a re- real human heart can do. Uh, so they're getting much better at it. But the, the ultimate question in the end was how much would a, would a 3D printed organ cost? And like you said, the accessibility to it, you'd have to be able to access hospitals that get it. Which hospitals get it first, right? Do you make it really expensive in the beginning because that is the cost of it and then you use that to fund the research? But then when do you drop the price, you know? And, and one could say that nat- no, uh, natural economics will make it, you know, grow by itself as, the mo- as uh, supply increases, the cost will go down. 
But um, right now, in the article, in the video that I saw, it, they said that the raw materials can cost up, up to like $10 only, but then the whole thing can cost 2000 Which, again, I heard that and I went, that's not that crazy, um, you know, if that's the future state of things. But the last time they printed um, real organic material um, that could be eaten, that was like a big thing as well, was a beef bur- uh, was like a burger patty in 2013. And uh, it cost $300,000 for the patty. Shit. <laughs> it's the size of my palm. And they said it didn't taste very good. But I, um, I think the point that um, they were trying to make there is it's not just for humans. Being able to print biomaterial is great for food. It's great for practice. Surgeons can print hearts and organs and bodies and practice surgery instead of doing it on a normal human. So there's a lot of other benefits to it. But yeah, doesn't cool. that raise another question that, that Thiago touched upon um, just before? Is it a good thing? Is it a good thing for now humanity to be able to just take control over the natural cycle of things? I think I think that question is... A, I think that question is a null question because it's not going to stop. So even like the, it's a nice intellectual exercise, but... You, what are you gonna do? Stagnate human development? Look at all the good it could do. Just saying, it's bad. You know, it's not gonna stop people. No, 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 no. But, but indeed, like, what, what's gonna happen when everyone just doesn't die as quickly, or doesn't die? I mean, these are problems that we're seeing now already, um, with overpopulation. With, I mean, can you imagine? Well, all yeah, overpopulation is a different thing. That's why we do have to kind of grow because humans are resource-consuming animals, and we obviously don't get along well with everything else that consumes our resources. I got a better one, something that we could probably add a little bit more, um, you know, concrete uh, opinions to. When we can print biomaterial, humans can get better. Let's not let's not just think about people who are sick. When you can print better corneas, better hearts, better lungs you can get better at performance. So what if you can print better brains? What if you can print lungs that give you a greater lung capacity and that makes long distance runners better at you know, absorbing oxygen? Would it be illegal? Would it be illegal for these, uh, you know, would it be considered like steroids? But then would you have two types of sports, right? Like this is the Formula One of uh, sports where you know the, these people are half bionic and this is natural sports. I don't know. People might get interested yeah. in watching people with bionic stuff because at some point humans will reach a limit physically. Like you can only run a hundred meters in a certain speed before it's physically impossible for a human being to go faster. It's- yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if you join companies and the company, like you're going to join company in like analytics and the company is, you know, on like the CV requirements, instead of having a degree, you need a degree and you need these implants. What about then? That would be really fucked up, no? Yeah. What if you can afford those transplants? You can't wait for the company. Yeah. But it, I don't okay. know. <laughs> One could say that like business degrees are kind of like that. Oh, yeah. If you can't get Definitely. a yeah, if you can't get a bursary and you can't pay to go to the business school, like there are certain a lot of companies in certain positions where they only give it to business like master degree people. So, again, isn't that just the current state of things? Tiago, you're it right. is. I guess so. <laughs> it is. No, I, I, was, I was just thinking that 
obviously, if, if we can live for many centuries and if we have all this technology, I don't think the way we work now can be comparable to what it would be then. I, I think I think maybe we would have universal payment or universal salary. People wouldn't be doing an eight-to-five job. I don't think people would would be worried about that. If they if they're not worried about dying, they wouldn't be worried about having a job. You know. So I, I, I think things will change completely. I don't think it, we should be even thinking about that. But I, I don't I don't think development should stop. Like Nick, I, I think we should definitely oh, strive no, that. towards I'm towards for it. live centuries and centuries. No, but my question, like, okay, so I'm going to phrase it differently. Would you now um, be, if you had the choice, the money, the time, whatever, um, like, would you just replace failing body parts as you would replace the, the failing parts of an old watch just to keep ticking eternally? Of course. Would you yeah. want to live 150 years or 200 years? Dude, I would love I would love to replace my father's kidney with a bionic kidney. I, I can't fucking wait for that to come to come to the market i couldn't really wait for that of course i want i want to live with my i want my father to live with me 40 50 60 more years of course of course but then would you imagine that you're okay you're not suffering from any disease you're not suffering from anything else like would you just as it fills just replace it indefinitely is yeah 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 well you know i guess it would always suck to an extent to be the first you know, to be part of the first people that do it. Like, imagine you're part of the first generation to reach a hundred and something. You are faced with totally different life challenges at that point. You know, you don't have ailments, but are you still going to be as prim as you were when you're, I don't know, you call it even 50, 60, 70, right? Like, so as you said, you could replace it, but at which point uh, are we able to sustain the same quality or the same standard of living? Is the ultimate question, and that's when people will be like, oh, "It's not worth it." Um, yeah, but it's it's just one thing that you'd be replacing, right? It, it doesn't mean that you're going to live forever because you still have cancer, you still have all the fucking other diseases that we were that we're not able to, we haven't been able to tackle them, or we still have war, we still have car accidents and shit like that. So it's it's just just a couple of organs that we were able to. Oh shit, my computer was switching off. <laughs> Ooh, that's cool. Quick, fast. <laughs> Sorry, Max, you have to edit that now. No, stop <laughs> saying that. Stop making me edit it. You could have just... <laughs> <laughs> just keep it. Just keep I'm going to leave this shit in. You See what I'm doing with here? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So um, two things that just popped into my mind. Uh, number one is uh, imagine with Neuralink, you could partition your drives, your brain. And so only part of your brain is constantly running and like thinking about something that you know, you, you want to work on. So imagine it's like windows, right? You always have a window running in the back and you're loading something maybe for work and stuff. So what if the future of the world of work is where you always dedicate X amount of your brain to solving problems that they need, kind of like giving bandwidth to their, to the, your company's network to figure shit out. And so you can actually live life normally, but there's always a part of your brain with a neural link that's like in the back. Whoa. That's super interesting. That, right? That, yeah, that's super, that's like selling service space. Yeah, <laughs> selling a brain. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, now you're just selling it's time. Like you'd be a, you'd just be a walking AWS server. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in the sales, how does that work? <laughs> it's just, it's the back of your brain, just a call center. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone would just start mine Bitcoin exactly. constantly. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what 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 inspired me to think about that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just you just in the background and. Every and, and then and then it would literally be like by the hour. 
You go, okay, if I partition 10% of my brain, I get X amount per hour. And then, but then the question is, then how much is your hour worth someone else's hour? Is, is, yeah, that, that. Well, and what's the energy required? Because then that, I guess that, I mean, the brain being one of the biggest energy consumer in your body, imagine if you could just increase that. Well, Start. yeah, you just eat, right? So then that's when it pays to be healthy because the healthier you are, the better you are at absorbing nutrients and like keeping your brain healthy. So your whole life will be about being as healthy as possible to support your brain in the back. Wouldn't that be crazy? Max, Max just monetized the whole of humanity for Bagaf. I, I need to reach. I need to reach out to my boy Elon. You know, I need to get that South African connect. <laughs> I got it. You can mine human brains. It's not going to be a good PR move, but <laughs> good luck with that. Um, you guys want to close off with some like the more interesting p- transplant uh, um, um, uh, trivia? Because you guys seem to have a couple in the back. Where's the first penis transplant? China. I don't know. It failed really? though. Yeah. They they transplant someone's penis and then it failed soon afterwards. And then um, what I read was like it was twofold. It wasn't very compatible, and apparently the guy's wife got really freaked out because when you transplant something, it doesn't always look pretty, right? Like, have you seen like transplants on faces and hands? It looks terrible. Anyway, so you know, switch to another year. In 2014, uh, in South Africa, they did a successful penis transplant because a 21 year old guy, as part of one of the local like um, um, coming of age rituals, they do circumcision, and it was botched, and often they. They live the rest of their lives scarred, if not, uh, uh, you know, like an amputee. And so they transplanted his uh, dick. Was that, that what, was that what happened to you, Max? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's why uh, my wife's so happy. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was fully functioning. Yeah. Had kids afterwards as well. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Very nice. Well, I mean, we can talk about face transplant. Yeah. Um, Which one you know? Um don't uh, Nicholas Cage. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. Uh, I I was uh, I was reading about Charla Nash in May 2011 like a nearly full face transplant. Is that the one where and her dog she... ate her face? I think so. Yeah, cuz I read one where um her dog was she like fainted or something. And her dog ate her chin and her nose or something and they trans face they did a yeah. face transplant and like but yeah, there. if you think about it, they restored the entire facial function and form. Didn't they say that they did a head transplant as well? Like, forget the face. That I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was also grafting. Because I've heard about a, a, a toe-to-thumb transplant oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the picture too. It's like a big thumb. On a... That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So, and there's another one... Um, it, apparently, the first time it was done was actually in China. A, a little girl got run over by a truck, and her arm was just completely destroyed. And so they couldn't uh, reattach her hand back to her arm, and so they grafted her hand to her ankle. And she lived with her hand attached to her ankle for, I don't know, whatever, days or weeks or months. I'm, I'm not sure the time. Until her arm was in a state that they could reattach the hand back to her arm. And that's how they deal with... Um, you know, serious injuries and in like um, industrial accidents and stuff like that. What the fuck? Yeah, That's insane. Yeah, just to continue to have blood flow to that uh, to that body part. 
pretty crazy, right? Whoa. Yeah. There was another yeah, one. Would... No, go ahead, Nick. Right. Do you know who, uh, how old the youngest donor was? <sighs> Live, I, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, give me a range. Like zero to five. Three years old. Holy shit. He was five, five weeks old. What did he donate? Uh, kidney. Two kidneys uh, sold. Uh, sold. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is dark already. Wait, okay. No, 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 no. Like a five, uh, five week old baby um, uh, that didn't make it, unfortunately, uh, donated uh, its two kidneys to a 22 year old woman. She's still alive today. Oh, so technically not a, a, not a live donor. Oh, damn. Yeah, no. Nah, that's rough. Huh. What are the other ones? Um, just to finish off, um, I think there was a, was it a, there was, okay, so there was a full face transplant, like you said, a head transplant. Some guy had two, the double arm transplant. That was pretty messed up. I think it was in Australia as well. He fell into a harvester and like lost both his arms in the machine and they transplanted two arms onto him. Dude, it's crazy what they can do now, you know? And the problem is your quality of life suffers, obviously, um, depending on how the surgery went and stuff. Like, face transplants have historically been pretty gruesome on the person receiving it, but... Yeah. Feet, legs, eyes. And they said that the psychological impact is another big thing. So even if you're fully functional, you know, if you were to say that, um, some people psychologically reject the uh, the transplant they can live afterwards which i guess that's yeah that's true now. cool but it gives us hope though yeah but uh, you know on the whole thing about like printing things and it could solve like food problems and things like that so imagine like a future where they just print like the part of the cow that creates milk only you can print just like the muscle tissue and stuff like that for, for food that's so- awesome man that will save the planet essentially cool all right. Anything else? Nope. Good chat indeed. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks Thank everyone you. for listening to What's the White Podcast and we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.